This is a production of Cornell University. Hello and welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information brought to you by Cornell University's Turfgrass Program in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. My name is Frank Rossi. I'm the Associate Professor of Turf Science in the Department of Horticulture at Cornell University and the following are observations and recommendations for the week of October 17th, 2010. Well, it's hard to complain about the growing conditions at this time after the season we just came through. Although many sport fields would rather have less moisture as they get, are getting beat up pretty bad from fall sports, especially in the absence of a solid overseeding program. While it is still too early for dormant seeding, as we discuss in this issue with Professor John Steyer of the UW-Madison, there's still time for broadleaf weed control with average daytime temps still above 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Finally, the Cornell Turfgrass Short Course will be offering two advanced sessions in Ithaca this year. Check out our website for details. Well, the weather last week was slightly above normal temperature-wise or close to normal week with widespread frost north of New York City. However, to date, no reported freezes, that is, temperatures below 28 degrees Fahrenheit. The growing season is clearly winding down, but still many areas accumulating between 25 and 100 growing degree days. A close look at the forecast website charts reveal we are anywhere from 300 to as much as 800 to growing degree days ahead of the long-term average. Precipitation upstate in New England was about a half an inch, in Long Island and south about a half an inch, less than a half an inch, in the north country about one to two inches. ET is slowing down at less than a half an inch upstate and a half to three quarters of an inch New York City and south. Soil temperatures at two inch depth in the north are 50 degrees and to the south 60 degrees. The forecast, following a showery weekend, expect a cooler than normal and dry start to the week and eventually more rain by late week. Daytime highs will be 3 to 4 degrees below normal and evening lows closer to normal with cloud cover. Don't expect any new frost as temps are expected to return to normal in long-term outlook and be on the wet side. Check out all the weather information at the predicted maps at our forecast website at www.nrcc.cornell.edu backslash grass. The Cornell Cooperative Extension update for this week starts with Dave Chinnery's report from the Capital District. Many turfgrass areas have recovered remarkably from the summer drought. We're still getting calls about people wishing to reseed bare spots or wanting to renovate completely, even at this late date. We've had one homeowner concerned about a large amount of bent grass in a lawn and blaming the lawn care company who may have misidentified the problem earlier in the season. Sports fields are looking fairly good considering the summer we've had, but heavy rain last week and today might cause trouble if upcoming games are played on such wet soils. The Westchester Report from Jerry Giordano and Rick Harper. The first light frosts have been reported on local courses as cooler temperatures seem to be here to stay. Managers are still lamenting summer heat and are reporting oriental beetle everywhere on their courses, including roughs and bunkers. Crews are still busy taking out dead turf. One manager has reported serious damage from hyperodes on bent grass, so it should be remembered that insects don't read books. Homeowners are still struggling with decisions involving renovation on weed-infested injured turf. And green kylinga, kylinga brevifolia, a perennial sedge, has been reported locally, and we'll be talking about that in the next couple weeks. Sports Turf Update, Joanne Grudadorio, sports turf specialist, starts talking about synthetic turf maintenance. To prolong the life of synthetic turf, a routine maintenance program must be in place. Although the installer can provide information per, per the manufacturer's guidelines, the sports turf manager must gain experience in conducting routine practices. No matter what type of synthetic field you have, the maintenance goal should be include remo removing debris from the surface, keeping the fibers upright, and dealing with compaction. 
Recommended practices include sweeping and dragging to keep the carpet fibers in an upright position, loosening and redistributing to infill to improve footing, reduce static electricity, improve the look of the field, and cleaning. Cleaning may involve watering and the use of special solvents and cleansers. Depending upon use and weather conditions, the sand rubber mix may need to be added annually to help restore the field's resiliency. The sports turf manager will also need special knowledge in troubleshooting and minor repairs such as seam repair and snow removal. On a multi-use field, develop a plan that follows the manufacturer's recommendations for changing markings. Options may include using different paint colors for different sports, painting over existing lines of green paint, or removing the lines and repainting. The frequency of routine practices differs from facility to facility based on field use, budget, available labor, etc. Involve athletes in the removal of debris. After each game, groom fields before each game. Clean and groom the field at least once a year. A few tips from sports field managers, and these are excerpts from Lessons Learned, peer advice on the management of synthetic sports fields. This information and other valuable resources are available in the second edition of A Guide to Synthetic and Natural Turfgrass for Sports Fields, Selection, Construction, Maintenance Considerations, that has been produced by the Sports Turf Managers Association, and of course you should join this professional organization to have access to these and much more. Well, these few tips include using a leaf blower, particularly a wheel blower. It is more effective in removing debris without disturbing the crumb rubber than a backpack or handheld blower. Blow, pre- blow trash to the edge of the field or onto an athletic track for easy trash pickup, being careful not to displace large amounts of crumb rubber. Gum can be removed by using an aerosol freezing agent or ice cubes that will allow you to crack the gum and take it out in small pieces. Remember to inspect all equipment for leaks of oil, hydraulic fuel, fluid, fuel, etc. before operating it on the field and never fill gas tanks on the field. Go over the field periodically with a magnet to pick up any stray metal. Learn how to broom the field to avoid fibrillating the fibers too much which will cause excessive wear. When plowing snow off of infill products, be care Care must be taken not to move too much of the infill material. Care must also be taken to not catch and pull a seam open with the snow plowing equipment. A dormant seeding and turf mixture update from Professor John Steyer at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Starts by talking out about the 50-50 blue rye mixes. For many years, we've seen our sports fields, lawns, and school districts in Wisconsin seeded with improper mixes and often at the wrong time of year. To develop some clear specifications for, the needs, for these needs, we conducted research investigating a variety of Kentucky bluegrass ryegrass mixes, utilizing a number of different Kentucky bluegrass types, compact, midnight, aggressive, and common types. Six combinations of Kentucky bluegrass and perennial ryegrass were seeded with four Kentucky bluegrass types tested at each ratio from 95.5 bluegrass rye to 25.75 bluegrass rye. Three to five pounds of nitrogen were applied after seeding during the two years of the study. All the mixes were seeded in early September. By the following spring, all plots were at least 50% perennial ryegrass, even the 95% Kentucky bluegrass treatments. In fact, any mix that had more than 15% perennial ryegrass by weight, the stand was 85% ryegrass or more. Over time, the amount and type of Kentucky bluegrass had a significant impact on the amount of Kentucky bluegrass that survived in the stand. Specifically, only the common types failed to compete with perennial ryegrass over time. This may have been due to the fertilization and irrigation programs that were regular. Different results might be achieved if these programs were less regular, which means less fertilizer and less water. However, this study concluded that any bluegrass type other than common would produce at least a 50% Kentucky bluegrass stand if no overseeding was conducted and the seed mix contains at least 65% Kentucky bluegrass by weight. A note about dormant seeding. 
Purposely seeding when the conditions are not favorable for seed germination in the late fall is referred to as dormant seeding. Typically, the recommendation is applied when soil temperatures are in the mid to low 40 degrees and average air temperatures below 50 degrees. Again, in the previous study, various percentages of bluegrass and perennial rye were used to see over time and what percentage resulted in the greatest amount of bluegrass. A starter fertilizer applied and then one pound and in October and another in May the following spring. The following August traffic was applied and turf quality and plant populations were measured. Dormant seeding had the lowest quality turf and except for 100% perennial ryegrass, most would have required herbicide to use, use to control the 15 to 30% weed cover. An interesting observation was that time of seeding affected how much Kentucky bluegrass persisted based on amount of by weight. Late summer, the ideal time, and dormant seeding had 60 to 75% Kentucky bluegrass if seeded in excess of 70% by weight. However, spring seeded turf needed at least 95% Kentucky bluegrass in a mix to result in 50% or more Kentucky bluegrass in the stand over time. In the end, if you live in an area where perennial ryegrass persists well without significant ice accumulation, then 100% perennial ryegrass dormant seeding would be a viable option. And finally, my gazing in the grass column. Just talking about dormant seeding part two. As shown in the Wisconsin research, dormant seeding can be a viable option. However, for most of New York, we are not at the ideal time yet. In fact, trying to seed now could allow for germination and then the young seedlings would be susceptible to a cold snap and be killed. And a program update, our Cornell Turfgrass Short Courses are being held the week of December 13th to December 17th. There are two separate advanced short courses in two and a half day blocks. So you can sign up for them separately. The December 13th through the 15th or the Monday, the Wednesday time slot is sports turf without pesticides. And the Wednesday to Friday, two and a half day short course, December 15th to the 17th, 2010 golf turf pest management. Both these short courses are held in Ithaca. Both will be offering DEC credits and the golf turf pest management class will also offer GCSAA credits. You can get more information at our Cornell Turfgrass Program website at www.hort.cornell.edu backslash turf. Thank you for joining me for the weekly installment of the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. I'm Frank Rossi, Associate Professor of Turf Science in the Department of Horticulture at Cornell University, and I hope you have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University, on the web at cornell.edu.